0: Hey guys, um nice that we've been able to reshuffle our, our friendship deck so that we're all we're all together again. Um but you know, I know I know this show's about having fun. It's about hanging with your friends. But sometimes we gotta do the hard thing. We gotta stand up for what's right. You know, and in standing up for what's right, the thing is you take a risk, all right? You take a risk of personal attack, of being canceled you know all these things but i think that you know we have to do what's right and sometimes you know even that's the hard thing we got to do it so would you all join with me
1: we're ready absolutely
0: all right all right let's go i I pledge pledge allegiance to 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 the flag. flag Of the
2: of United States of America. And, America. and, and to, to the republic for which, which it stands, stands one nation, one
1: nation
3: <laughs>
2: under, under God,
1: God, indivisible,
0: halt, indivisible. halt. With, with, with
2: <laughs> justice, halt, for liberty or just
0: and justice, desist. halt. halt. We pledge allegiance to the You have
1: three seconds to comply.
2: Sir, we
0: pledge allegiance
1: to America. Two. allegiance
2: to the flag.
4: mechanical freak we're broadcasting live from the still snowy slopes of mount rainier near rain-soaked seattle washington that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia Today, where we're watching Brood A, otherwise known as the 17-Year Antifa, emerge from the ground below us to begin their long migration across the country, sustained by knockout games, rainbow parties, and rampant jankum abuse until they reach their final destination, the Staten Island Autonomous Zone, or Max Public House. Welcome to the show. The whole entire gang is here. First time in a long time, right? Munia Cassidy... Brian, Greg, and me, Colin, we're here.
2: We're all here, and yet Brian, sitting there, like, look, he's looking at his phone. <laughs> he's guzzling his Coca Cola. Oh, he was looking at. <laughs> he's looking at the words to the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, has said nothing, not a thing about the Boat US magazine I left out in front of his <laughs> place at the table for him to comment on dead, and he yes, said sir. nothing about it my issue of Boat US magazine that came today and Brian is completely silent I'm crushed
0: it uh you know I actually did see it when I got on but it just felt so typical to be. it didn't even phase
4: me well, th- it does have one of those covers so that children can't see, but it's all like teak. <laughs> so we, we can just see the uh, name of the periodical. That's it. <laughs> we don't know if there's like a buxom mermaid found <laughs> there.
0: No idea. Uh, a, yep, strapping a strapping seat cabin captain. boy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, um, what are i'm sorry i don't have the document up
0: (laughs) we've got to bring up the ted
4: cruz oh yeah right no that's that's a good idea so is bringing up ted cruz ever a good (laughs) idea if you're wondering why uh everyone was murdered pledging allegiance to the flag brian you found a delightful photograph
0: uh yeah this this uh hot tweet dropped today of uh uh, from Senator Ted Cruz's official account, uh, it just says this didn't used to be controversial. hashtag flag day. <laughs> and it's a full like side profile pic of him pledging allegiance to the flag He's in his so office. Hard. From, like on. two feet away. Yeah. <laughs> there is a flag day, and it's not today. Well <laughs> tell Isn't that to flag, tell. flag day in like fucking February?
4: Yeah, I didn't think
0: <clears throat> I didn't uh, think it was Flag Day. Flag day is every day for Ted Cruz because that's how much. Am he I costs wrong? Is today fucking flag day? I don't
4: Ooh, yeah, nice it is. Day. Monday, June 14th. Dextheologists oh, rise day. up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Flag Day uh, to my
0: podmates and to all Americans. Yes, mm-hmm. and That's happy Flag is. Day to you. When I, and I do want to draw attention for people who, I, this is going around Twitter, so people are looking at it now, but like Ted Cruz in profile you can tell he's another Republican who's been, despite being insulted by, is now influenced by Trump because he is developing a Trump-like yeah. side profile yeah. <laughs> in order to seek further election.
2: I mean, next year he'll be hugging the flag, probably. <laughs> Just I don't like know Trump. why he's like, if that man wants to, like, you know, continue on his course, he should be fucking that flag well, yeah. in that video. Yeah. Like, I don't know what... Like well,
0: he should be whipping his dick out and smacking it. Well, people know <laughs> that flag, he's weak I mean. because he's standing there like he really means it when he's pledging. Like he like is really believing it. Whereas when Trump came out and hugged the flag, all those guys were like, "Man, he's he, they liked it because he was doming them. Like he was yeah. making fun of them, <laughs> and they love that. Like, yeah, that's why Ted Cruz will never get there. Like he's he doesn't have the alpha energy that Trump. Yeah, has.
1: like Trump, Trump. Trump even like says like, "Come on, you people love
2: this shit." Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on the other <laughs> hand, Ted Cruz will, contr- like, people will, imagine the boomers, imagine the boomers you know, the suburban shitheads, <laughs> yeah, I know, who will think, like, yeah, that, mu- that must be true, it is controversial to say the um, <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance, and frankly, it is you know, in some circles, quite controversial. Uh, <laughs> not in any um, American school classroom, which, of which all public school students in America still recite that shit every fucking day. Nope. Yep. Except
1: for my alternative K through eight Seattle Public School that I went to. Wow. We called teachers well, by our complex. first
2: name.
0: That's wow. right. Well, you know what? You know what's uh, one uh, gross? Uh, but, you know, <laughs> what's up? Uh, yeah, look, have you been to therapy about the experiences <laughs> you had with your teachers? Uh, when, you know, yeah. <laughs> So when the when the U.S. went to war in World War One, a big thing became making school students do the uh, national anthem like in school as like a patriotism building measure. And Anna Louise Strong, who was head of the school board in Seattle, refused and when uh, when said Seattle schools wouldn't do it. It created a huge like controversy in Seattle, and there was like this whole uh, big thing, both a little you know. Well, little uh, heat on both sides on that. And then the side, so. pledge itself
2: was introduced in the and the then 50s. altered in the in the two red scares, though. It was altered yeah. in the... Yeah, in the 50s, in the 50s they, they, 50s, they God, added yeah. the under God, but it was brought out it was in the 30s or something,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, maybe in, like, the 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, so Seattle, you know, look, uh, this fine history of calling your teacher by their first name and not doing uh, nationalist prayers in the beginning. Was that when Seattle was cool? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. last time yeah. Literally 1916 was, was the she, last time Was she later mayor? Annalise Strong? No No, no, no one that <laughs> cool could have no. been mayor She was the official journalist at the Seattle General Strike So I think that uh, took yeah. her out of contention <laughs> But she did later meet Mal <laughs> better than being <laughs> mayor you know. Absolutely based <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Annalise Strong extremely based and awesome So <laughs>
4: That sounds cool. Well, so now you know why uh, why we should love the flag. Um, next up, we've got a story about some voter fraud, which we...
2: Sweeping the nation. Sweeping uh, the nation. The epidemic nation. of right. voter fraud that, um, frankly, like right-wing shitheads and, you know, boomer parents uh, the nation over have been fretting about for, yeah you know our entire life. I mean, forever, frankly, but like really incredible. This is a, this is an awesome story because yeah. like there is this entire myth like juiced to the hill in 2020 with Trump's loss. Right. But like, you know, right wing fears of voter fraud, just, just bald lies have been like, you know, fodder for uh, all kinds of bullshit, including like, you know, trying to do voter, voter suppression uh, laws in this country for decades, and uh, probably, honestly, it's probably been part of it forever. I mean, as soon as, as soon as you couldn't just openly say that we need to keep black people from voting, um, you know, it's all it's always been framed as uh, to fraud prevention, right? And um, the like, sort of centrist liberal uh, technocratic retort has always been. Well, uh, voter fraud doesn't really happen in America. It's very rare. Uh, this is all just, you know, scare tactics. Uh, go back to bed, Grandpa. Like <laughs> this isn't real. Bill O'Reilly's lying to you. This doesn't happen.
0: Uh, but uh, it does happen, doesn't it? Right here in Seattle.
4: Yeah, it did happen. So yeah,
0: yeah I mean, this is a this is a voter fraud epidemic in Seattle. <laughs> but vigilant patriots are out. So.
4: <laughs> Yeah, so the story that we're going to briefly read, because it's pretty short, is from Publicola, so Erica C. Barnett. Um, And this is from The Morning Fizz, and it begins, Eight Seattle police officers who registered to vote using the addresses of Seattle Police Department precincts instead of their home addresses, including Seattle Police Officers <laughs> Guild President Mike <laughs> Solon, <laughs> will not face criminal
2: charges. So we've known about the, these uh, officers that registering to vote at the precincts, Solon at the South Precinct, I think, uh, for a long time now. Uh, so we covered this last year. Uh, and there were, of course, calls for investigations, you know, like, uh, and I guess those investigations, such as they ever happened, have now uh, come to fruition, huh?
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll have a little more about the investigations in this, but to be just clear, sure. the reason why they're registering at the precinct, the South Precinct, is uh, because they don't live in Seattle, <laughs> but are voting in Seattle elections.
1: Isn't All right. that even
2: worse?
0: Um, yeah, yeah. It actually turns out as a felony in Washington. <laughs> yeah, State. It's, it's, yeah.
2: it's a it's a serious felony. I mean, voter fraud, like, you know, when you live in a country that tries desperately to keep people from voting uh, and uh, does that on the basis of fears of fictitious voter fraud. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking serious crime to do to, to do so. And um, this is particularly felonious in that. It's not, like, it's not like when you register to uh, vote at like an address uh, and then you move, you know, there's some subjectivity there. As long as you don't vote twice in the same election at two different uh, elections, like you're not, you know, necessarily uh, committing that serious a breach because um, it's kind of subjective. Um, but uh, what they did. Was register at addresses which they were never in any way. There's no subjective element here where they can say they were ever <coughs> legally entitled to register to vote at these addresses.
0: It was a premeditated crime. Yes, what exactly. Say <laughs> it, in, yes. Uh,
2: One they knew. I mean, that you couldn't, you can't not know <laughs> it is a crime. Like,
4: <laughs> instead, after an investigation by the Office of Police Accountability, the OPA,
0: oh i feel safe i feel better now that the opa got involved it's
4: got accountability right there in the title oh. two two of the officers including solon received one day unpaid suspensions and three received oral reprimands the remaining three officers retired or resigned before the investigation ended The Seattle Emerald first reported that eight SPD officers had registered to vote using their precinct addresses in July 2020. After a search of county voting records, found at least one officer registered at each of the department's five precincts. Because registering to vote using an incorrect residential address is a felony in Washington, one punishable by a five-year prison sentence or a $10,000 fine, the
2: OPA initially... So you can do this if you're rich.
4: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or a cop. Yeah. Yeah. The OPA initially referred the case to SPD for a criminal investigation.
2: Oh, what happened, Colin? Well, uh, yeah. How would the investigation go? <laughs> from the from the beginning, the idea like if I guess if there was some kind of justice or accountability for police officers, maybe as a pro forma thing and the OPA maybe would be looking into this, but really they should have just never, there's no reason for the OPA to look at this. This yeah. has nothing to do with them being cops. This ha- <laughs> this is not
4: a thing. Yeah, they're trying to like, um, the bar is going to investigate, you know, like police their own.
2: Right, right, right exactly. I mean, we don't this need has, to get the courts involved. Right, right. <laughs> this is like, a, this is now, we know how ineffectual the OPA is at things that it, it purports to like be necessary for. But like. What this is is something completely different where, honestly, we know it's useless at all and they should be subject to criminal prosecution like anybody else. But this is part of the function of uh, an internal discipline mechanism like this is to take it out of the hands of other uh, venues for justice. Now, it gets more complicated here, but, but this especially is something that the OPA really should have just said. This isn't our problem. Someone else should look at this. Like and we'll see. I think some people well, did.
0: Well, the OPA did send it back to SPD and said the SPD should launch an, launch an investigation into this. What SPD do, Colin?
4: <laughs> the department decided not to investigate according what? to the OPA's God. report on the case. An SPD mm. captain justified the decision by noting that the officers were already under investigation by the King County Departments of Elections and by claiming incorrectly that all of the officers lived in Seattle. (laughs) While all acknowledged that they had used their precinct addresses when registering to vote, most argued that they did so to avoid making their home addresses a public record for safety reasons. (laughs) In response, OPA Director Andrew Meyerberg advised the officers to lobby the state legislature to pass tighter privacy protections instead of... A breaking state law.
0: Yes. Uh, what the police need is uh, for us to have less ability to catch them committing crimes. <laughs> That's the problem. Honestly,
2: doesn't fucking the state have a, a whole confidentiality thing yeah. for exactly this purpose that yeah, they could but have you, applied for?
0: You usually have to make a plausible case yeah, that you're yeah. in any danger, and yeah. obviously no police officer can do that.
2: So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, people really do hate Mike Sullen, but um. still, again, like... Uh, since he's probably never actually done a day's work as a cop, mm-hmm. uh, they probably would have thrown it out on that basis. Um, well,
0: when I suspect that Sullen's registration predates as had, being head of Spock. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. the problem. Um, so now, again, like,
2: this is kind of a farce. The idea that, I mean, SPD doesn't investigate voter fraud cases. Yep. They don't investigate most types of uh, crime like you know they're not going to come investigate wage theft okay like this is something that is sort of rightly outside their purview but what do we know about what the Washington state election or the King County Board of Elections is going to do in lieu of an
4: investigation, the OPA began its own investigation of in the officers' alleged policy violations, ultimately ruling that all eight officers violated SPD's professionalism policies. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, no. As well as a policy <laughs> prohibiting officers from using their precinct addresses for personal business. OPA Director Andrew Meyerberg— So they
2: should be fired, I guess. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Didn't say whether he believed the officers knowingly violated state law. Definitely did. Though he noted that King County Elections investigation will eventually resolve the question. Ignorance of the law is not a defense, he wrote in his report. This is especially the case for police officers who are entrusted with the responsibility of enforcing it. If the elections department does rule that the officers knowingly broke state law, county election officials told the OPA they are unlikely to press charges. There we go.
0: The law targeting
4: incorrect voter voter registration addresses is frequently broken and rarely enforced.
2: Again, this is not moving or fucking putting, like, making a typo on your voter registration, like, your vote, your uh, address changing... Like this is a premeditated crime where you are voting, you're registering to vote in a, in a, at a commercial address that you do not, cannot, never have, never will live at. And then voting in elections that you are not, el- have never at any time been eligible to vote in. Uh, so they're already saying, yes, we're doing this pro forma investigation. We're going through the fucking motions here because people say we have to. And but just to let you know, so you don't so you don't bother us about this anymore.
0: We're not going to do anything.
2: We're not going to do anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. What? Well, and I and I think, you know, Greg had mentioned this earlier, but it's important to note. I mean, this is what the OPA is, which is it is a body that exists to you know ensure that the police exi- are outside of the law essentially right like you know this is what the police have instead of a court and a prosecutor and everything like that to ensure that no crime a police officer ever does they're ever held account to and we've seen this all the time it's just very funny in this case because it's just such a hilarious like a uh, right-wing trope or whatever <laughs> but uh you know when police officers assault people and it's not a question you know like they definitely like it you know You could prosecute that like that could assault is an actual crime, right? (laughs) Police officers could be arrested for. But the OPA is meant to funnel all that away to essentially instead of creating accountability, its whole point is to disappear accountability to make sure that no police officer is ever held accountable for anything. And this is just one of those hilarious Examples, because well, yeah, there's there's literally no way this could happen without it being a premeditated act for the purpose of defrauding election. Right. If you want yeah. to be lawyerly about it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, and just to be clear, that is all true of the OPA. But the quote here, yeah. the money quote here is from the county yeah, election yeah. officials. So the the actual body whose yeah. job it is to actually uh, investigate and recommend this for prosecution is also saying Mm-hmm. Cause it's a farce to even go to the OPA or the or SPD right. about this like they're yeah. they're doing they get they get to do this to th- to say it to look we're doing these investigations here we're su- we're supposed to do knowing that they can't do anything about it anyway mm-hmm. um but the people who are actually supposed to do this are saying having yeah. not even completed the investigation like well we don't know if they're guilty yet but if they were guilty of the no. crime the felony if they were guilty, we would not recommend prosecution.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, interestingly, it's it's reminiscent of when uh, Ian Burke um, murdered uh, a guy downtown, right? Officer Ian Burke murdered the, the woodcarver downtown. Um, John, T uh, John T. Williams. Yeah, the, uh, John T. Williams. The city attorney came out at that point, too, and decided—it was like, look, you know— uh, who knows whether or not a cop murdering somebody in broad daylight's a crime or not? Certainly not me. Just know I'm not going to prosecute it. Right. Like, I mean, it's hilarious. Like, and ever since then, I mean, they just don't even go that far. Right. Like, you know, it just is like, uh, we'll let the OPA figure it out. And then uh, down the road, maybe we'll do something about it. And it's like, well, in the 90 days it takes the OPA to do anything about this, of course, everybody's forgotten because SB has already murdered somebody else. And, you know, it, it's this whole process to essentially, make it impossible to essentially to like try a cop for anything you know i mean it's this it's a rube goldberg device to prevent police from ever being accountable for
2: like this is a real this is a real precedent to throw in their fucking faces if they try to prosecute fucking anyone for a much less serious breach of uh election the more common sort of things i mean of election fraud uh I mean, it won't it doesn't matter. happen often, but you yeah. oh, know.
0: Well, it won't matter. They just will say, who cares when you bring it up? I mean, just like you could say, uh, you know, the next time SPD goes out and like busts fucking heads on the street or whatever during a protest, you'd be like, well, like weren't all fucking, <laughs> was it like half of SPD in DC, like Randy? <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. Sorry. Different rules for different people. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> ultimately what it's going to come down to.
2: Oh, <sighs> awful. Yeah. So it just
4: concludes with the recap that Meyerberg advised the officers to lobby the state legislature to pass tighter (laughs) privacy protections instead of breaking state law.
1: This is so awesome, man. Wow. Well,
0: and I will bring you back because we have this awesome referendum system. The SPD actually has a pretty uh, like long record of uh, not just lobbying the legislature, but even trying to like getting referendums Mm -hmm. pushed through. Including, they were the ones, uh, we talked with uh, uh, Dr. Kevin about this. They are the ones who tried to overturn. Seattle passed a uh, a ban on discrimination and housing uh, regarding LGBT people back in, like, the you know, late 1970s. And SPD was the one who tried to get a referendum passed to overturn it, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, they have, like, a, a nice long a tradition of this. They tried to get a referendum passed to overturn the consent decree, too, which was pretty funny. I don't think they understood how that worked, but... You know, shows the tenuous grasp of the law (laughs) the police have. (laughs)
2: Yeah, guys, they're dumb and they're one hundred percent politicized. Yep.
3: Yeah, have any of you ever been to King County elections, like, um, and like observed voting or anything?
2: No, I'm not a fucking freak. Well,
3: I've had to do (laughs) it like when I've worked on campaigns. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And so, like. Yeah it's a very thorough process. Like you have to, you know, go through security and you have to go through training. And then it's like, you know, they have two people at each station to make sure there's no fraud and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's almost like all of that is just like, um, for show because yeah, like this Mm -hmm. is just being presented right to them and they just don't care. So that's cool.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, I think the actual answer to this is that, uh, voting and democracy are a farce in this country <laughs> yeah. anyways. So everybody should just be allowed to vote as many times as they want in whatever <laughs> election they want. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Like you know voting what? fraud's actually cool. I'm going to start voting
0: in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it should be illegal to vote in your own state. You can only <laughs> vote in other <laughs> states' oh, that'd elections. Be cool. That'd be cool.
3: No, but it's almost like, you know, it's not to like prevent fraud, but just to like to prevent people from actually voting. It's weird, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, prior to the, to the the Supreme Court basically overturning the Voting Rights Act, I mean, this was like really common stuff. You know, uh, there's a big case in Alabama in the early 80s where they were shutting down uh, polling stations and like, you know, shockingly, in majority black counties and voting districts. Uh, Houston was famous for this, for setting up like police barricades at voting stations in black neighborhoods. And in the past, you could. Uh, you know, appeal to the federal government and the Voting Rights Act for redress. And in fact, you know, Texas and Alabama, I think, were the two most cited states for violating the Voting Rights Act. Uh, luckily, we got rid of that, though. So no no big deal. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, that's free reign. Just do whatever the fuck you want. Which, by the way, the police do set up now outside of Houston uh, polling stations Hot. and stuff like that. So it rocks. And they shut down, like, half the polling stations in uh, East Houston, but... Um, Cool stuff
4: Extremely cool Mm -hmm. Okay well We're moving on To another Concerning Maybe less funny story In which Ice arrests An Everman Despite the fact that he Had a passport on him So this was a story In the Seattle Times And the um, Headline is Everett Walder, a U.S. citizen, says his passport was on him when immigration officers detained him. Now he's suing.
2: He was fucking working here. Yeah. <laughs> a man at fucking work doing construction, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. He has a welder. Fucking, mo- like, I mean, fuck ICE, fuck our entire immigration system, and just as disgusting for them to come and arrest someone... You know, who was undocumented, who was not a citizen. Uh, but horrifying, nonetheless. I mean, I guess this is on some probably stupid level. This is like the kind of story you, you imagine like, oh, this will, you know, shock some people's senses, you know, about. It's probably a stupid instinct, you know, like, well, I'll look at the impunity that our federal Gestapo has over uh, human life in this country, but I don't know. Anyway, I guess we'll just revel in the horror of it.
4: <laughs> yeah. Do we want to read this whole thing?
0: Um, I, I you know, I think we could talk Let's about it. We could have a couple of paragraphs. Yeah. Give us know? a couple of paragraphs.
4: Okay. So it begins. Carlos Rios says he kept telling the people who handcuffed him, put him in a van and took him to the Northwest detention center that he was a U.S. citizen. In fact, Rios told them he had his passport and a bag he was carrying. They refused to look, according to a lawsuit filed Thursday in U.S. District Court of Western Washington. He also repeatedly told officials at the detention center in Tacoma of his citizenship. They kept him there for a week. In a ove-
2: fucking week. In a week in prison.
4: Jesus yeah. Christ. Before a records check led to
2: his release never looked at his passport just finally Mm -hmm. processed him after a week put his name in the fucking computer and found out he's a U.S. citizen Mm -hmm. so this is again like the fucking immigration like Gestapo are going around fucking arresting undocumented people Mm -hmm. with you know total impunity rank abuses it's just a whole disgusting praxe- practice. But like, this is this is the reality of what like goes on in this country. That like, it, it, this guy was he fucking U.S. citizen. Like they have this much power and and mm-hmm. don't give a shit. I mean, it's not like like this system. Like what? What do you? Did they not believe him? Do they just not care? I, I mean, I'm I lean that way. Uh, just don't give a fuck. Like. They know they're doing their job. On some level, their mm. point of them showing up is to terrorize working class people. Mm. And they were doing... That's what they were doing. And,
0: oh, well, our mistake. We'll let you out after a week. Well, its it, they understand that their job is ethnic cleansing, right? Yeah. Not actually, you know, monitoring some sort of citizenship regime. Now, it, it's worth pointing out that this actually happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, in... Again, and not to bring up more Texas stories, but in Houston, and I think it's like 2012. ICE uh, apprehended a teenage girl at a mall in Houston and got her all the way through the deportation process. And basically, and I believe they deported her to Colombia for some reason. And the Colombian government had to appeal back to the U.S. government and be like, "We have like, who the fuck (laughs) is this person you put on a plane?" And it turned out, born in Houston or lived there her whole life, right? But like getting sent to, you know, ice thank God for sites. the Colombian government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, Just right? try, actually, someone <laughs> actually doing their job. Yeah. Well, so they're wondering like, who's this kid on this plane that you fucking sent down here? But like, uh, in San Antonio, this happens in all border states, by the way. I just yeah. know about it in San Antonio because, you know, but in San Antonio, uh, ICE, uh, one of their regular practices was they used to hang out outside the La Fiesta grocery stores, which, of course, are grocery stores in largely Latino neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera. But what they would do is they would sit at, they would block off the entrance and exit, and every single person that came through had to show proof of U.S. citizenship, of course, to their satisfaction, right? So, you know, driver's license might not cut it. all right. If you didn't have U.S. citizenship, you know, some sort of documentation, U.S. citizenship to their satisfaction, they fucking arrested you and you got put in the van and shipped off. Right. And now think about it. When was the last time you went to the grocery store with four forms of documentation proving your citizenship status? Right. You know, Stupid. and this is a thing that happens regularly and you know the other sort of sad part about it is this guy was shipped to the northwest detention center but the way the ice detention center works is they can ship you anywhere he could have been you know in a west texas prison within a day and it's not like you can call your lawyer it's not like you can call your family so people get disappeared and just vanish for i mean this guy vanished for a week but people vanish for weeks at a time Mm -hmm. before their families realize like oh, fuck, you know, they're 2000 miles away in a fucking jail somewhere, yeah. uh, you know. And how do you even begin? Like, I mean, you know, it, it, think about this listener. If right now you got a phone call, you hadn't seen your, you know, significant other in weeks. And all of a sudden you get a phone call. Oh, hey, I'm in a ice prison 2000 miles away because I think I'm an undocumented uh, immigrant. What would you even do? <laughs> Like what's yeah. the next step when you hear mm-hmm. that story? <laughs> you know? And yeah. I mean it really is a horror show. Like it's it's horrifying. <laughs>
4: Well, to your point, Brian, they did include another example of this from Tacoma. It said, In 2005, U.S. Army veteran and Belize native Renison Castillo was taken to the Tacoma facility, where he was held for seven and a half months Yeah, despite his insistence that he was a naturalized Mm -hmm. citizen. And he eventually received a $400,000 settlement and an apology from the Department of Justice in 2010, but still, I mean, seven and a half months?
2: Yeah. I mean, mean, at least he fucking got a, a settlement yeah, like because yeah. that'll fuck seven and a half months that, that will i mean a fucking a oh, week yeah. will a week fuck could, up your yeah. life oh, yeah. you know you're gonna lose Designed your fucking job you yeah. and that, lose yeah. your housing potentially yeah. if it was at the end of the fucking month or some shit like all kinds of shit right but like seven and a half months man like yeah. that is going to fuck you up like in a lot of ways.
4: Well, yeah. And imagine if you had like a pet and it just took you and you had no oh, yeah, one yeah, lived yeah. with you, your,
2: your aunt <laughs> would just die. kids. What yeah, about yeah. your yeah. fucking your children, kids? Like any number of things. If you're a fucking single parent. Sure, you yeah. Know?
0: And like I said, I, I you know, that's no, a li- that, kids never get picked up from fucking school or daycare. Yeah. And that's a, like hard. But I mean, one of the things too, I mean, this was a big thing in LA. They were just picking up kids outside of school. So imagine you're a parent and your kid just doesn't show up. Yeah. Police, oh. You know, and like, and like I said, when you're in an ICE facility, you're not subject to even the like limited rights that you have under American hmm. law. You are technically in an international zone, right? Where you have actually no rights granted to you by anybody. And so, yeah, it, it's not the, you know, it, yeah, that's it, it's a really awful spot that people get put in. And by, and well, by the way, if this,
2: you are a citizen <laughs> and yeah. you get like wrapped into this system, the problem is, You're not supposed to be there. So legally, all the rules for ICE detention are based on you not having any rights Mm -hmm. as a non-citizen, as an undocumented, uh, you know, illegal fucking presence in America. So that's how that's how the whole system works. So there's no like separate category of rules for citizens in ICE detention because that's just a whoopsie.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you're in ICE detention and you're technically a U.S. citizen, the very fact you're there means they don't believe you. So you yeah. can say that all you want, but it's not going to get you anything, right? And yeah, again, maybe down the road they'll uh, figure it out and you'll be let out. But uh, or some y- government they
2: deport you to will like we'll some functionary will yeah. be like.
0: Oh, uh, I mean,
2: well, I'm looking you up here. It appears you are a U.S. citizen. Oh, here's your passport yeah. you've been carrying yeah. in your pocket the whole
0: time. Yeah, it's weird that you don't speak any Spanish, but speak like only American <laughs> English and have a very strong working knowledge of Houston <laughs> you know, like, but, uh, and know all the high, local high schools. Yeah, I mean, it's really horrifying. In you know, the New York Times uh, like seven or eight years ago did this big expose of these ICE prisons. And they found people there who've been there for years. Like in that expose, they mentioned specifically finding a Chinese man who had been in an ICE facility for four years. And, you know, according to ICE, you're only going to be in these facilities for two months, you know, that they have a two month turnover rate. But there's people there who are there for years. You know, there's also people there who die under extremely mysterious circumstances. You know, people don't get medical treatment. when they're. I mean, it really is. I mean, this is what was so upsetting about the like people getting mad at the like concentration camp thing. it's like no this is what concentration camps are yeah, like yeah. it's a hole for forgetting people yeah, that yeah. you lock in you know um, yeah it's uh, disgusting just absolutely disgusting um.
4: <laughs> yeah it's hard to follow that up um, no. it does mention that uh, around the time of that settlement that I just mentioned in 2010 that um, there was a list of 16 U.S. citizens who had been detained in Tacoma, similarly.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's at one, and well, yeah, one facility, one place, yeah. in one place, you know? I mean, and, you know, in... And- this is just to say how capricious the system is. Obviously, the yeah. immigrants that get caught up in that too—that uh, also shouldn't happen either. Like yeah. right? nobody deserves to be. Maybe the ICE officials deserve to be in these places. Yeah, yeah. The only I mean, that's <laughs>
2: that—that's a good uh, answer to what do we do with these people?
0: Yeah. Um, and I and I think you know maybe we're just coming around to understanding how horrifying the U.S. uh like border regime and immigration system is too, because there's just recently that. Protest on the border. This time, even made like big news on Twitter or whatever, where somebody had caught video of the border patrol helicopters dusting the crowd, which is when they bring the helicopter really yeah. low, like you know, eighty feet off the ground, and it of course sprays dust everywhere because they're out in the desert, and it's uh, really, um, uh, it's really, you know, it's, it's terrifying. It's basically. it's violent. I
2: mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things throw up fucking rocks. I've yeah. I've been I've I've. Chipped some glasses. Yeah. You know, I could have lost an eye actually yeah. once. Uh, at a helicopter takeoff. Yeah. And like I happen to be wearing glasses that I just got broken instead. I mean, they will throw those things will throw fucking stones at a high velocity off the ground.
0: When you're in this whirlwind, say nothing of the
2: dust that you can't breathe.
0: Yeah. yeah, they're in this whirlwind, you're having a hard time breathing, you can't see anything. And a lot of people are shocked by this and were very upset. Uh, but the thing is, you know is that this is a regular occurrence again it's something so common that it has a name which is dusting and they do it to migrants crossing the desert all the time there's recorded accounts of uh you know every, they do it to make the migrants scatter which means that people get lost they get seriously injured if you get lost in the desert you die
1: yeah you're done. right
0: people get seriously injured if you get seriously injured in the desert you die Uh, There's a recorded incident of they it caused a man to run off a cliff because he couldn't see where he was going and he died. Right. Probably, you know, I mean, it's hard to say between 300 and 500 people die in the desert every year trying to cross. And, you know, Dusting's probably killed a a few hundred of those people. Um, It's a horrifying, horrifying fucking system. It, It really is. And you just hope that maybe people are starting to see it for what it is. I mean,
2: you know, like, a lo- I mean, I'm sure a lot of Americans think it, it rocks.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess maybe people have an ounce of humanity or finally because like, you know, when this stuff was happening on the southern border, I guess I could forgive people in Washington for not knowing about it or anything like that. But maybe for once uh, people are starting to become aware that this is happening and some people with like an ounce of humanity. <laughs> or thinking it's bad I'm not sure
2: <laughs> ideally
0: um... yeah I mean
2: like, yeah like it, it's like what I said when we started talking about the story is like you hope like I guess you know it's the it's the liberal that you're hoping sort of catches a whiff of this and goes like huh that seems that seems extra bad but like They've tuned down. And yeah. I, yeah I mean, I Kamala's can't. Kamala's
3: answer is don't come here. So.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, to them, that solves the problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: really I mean, ridiculous. fuck mm. that. That speech you gave chilling. It's yeah, all, yeah. Yeah, absolutely just yeah.
1: wretched. But like the thing that really gets me too about this is I think that a lot of Americans, at least, you know, like in recent history have been like to especially maybe after you know the 90s i'd like to perpetuate this myth of like you know these things were bad in other countries back then or in bad in other countries right now or you know we're bad in our country before right it's always kind of like in the past um but you know we're taught that you know gulags you know and the USSR are really bad but we have that too. That's just prison labor. You uh, know, that's just what we call it. Yeah. You know, um, we, you know, have, you know, we do have a lot of like brutal crackdowns on dissent. We just call that riot control, you know, like yep. and we have <laughs> concentration camps. We just call them, you know, migrant detention centers. Right. Yep. Like, and right. so like, it's like all of these things that we hand ring that I think we accept are, bad as a nation is like the dissonance of actually coming to terms with the fact that it's happening in the here and the now and not like, um, you know, before and something that was remediated or something We're even over outside or yeah. over there. And <laughs> even, right. and I think that even applies to just like, I think blanket critiques of Israel. I hear a lot of Americans yeah. saying like, Oh, like how, how can, how can like this system can't possibly, you know, stand and last, like it's just too out there and in your face, you know, like is it's just so apparent when really, I mean, you know, we have our own settler colonial project, which is still going on. It's not like, you know, it's not complete. It's still ongoing process, you know, in Hawaii and on the, on the border too, you know? And so, um, things just feel all, connected and we just got to fight that shit at home too it's not like hypothetical it's just like super real and that's like really hard to come to terms with i think as you know an american who's not like subjected to that on a daily basis
0: mm. yeah i mean you know it's, it's to that point you know growing up right with you know, the cold war american education right i i know that uh you know, 260 some odd people died along the Berlin Wall over the course of its existence, right? Which is no way to defend the Berlin Wall or anything like that, but we're told that this is shows the ultimate inhumanity of the Soviet system, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that many people die every August on the U.S.-Mexico border, you know? Yeah, right. Every August you know, Pima County in Arizona has to bring in refrigerated trucks because it's morgue can't handle the corpses. And so they have to bring in refrigerated trucks and they just stack them like cordwood in these refrigerated trucks so they can take them to mass graves and dump the bodies like that's every fucking August. You know, I mean, thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people In this fucking desert, and the thing is, climate change, the constant state of civil war that the U.S. keeps Central America in, all these things, which you know, climate change is going to hit Central America and already has much harder than it's going to hit the U.S., are going to force more migration north into the United States, into the place that caused all the fucking problems, and the answer is going to be to become more violent on the border, kill more people, more you know, more militarism, more, and Biden you know, that has been his move up to this point. That was of course, Obama's move. That was of course, Trump's move and Bush's move and Clinton's move. And that is a one way train. Neither party has ever suggested any solution other than that. And it's, uh, it's, it is terrifying for the future, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking bleak. Yeah.
4: Um, I just wanted to mention that at the very end of this piece in the times, it does mention that, Rios's disappearance cost him a job he was about to start yeah,
2: yeah no wow. so, uh, no surprise there yeah yeah um, well uh, he can I'm sure uh, his attorneys will be putting that in um, in the uh, that, yeah. damages report on yeah. in that suit I hope he comes out with some fucking money um, though if the guy who was in there for seven months only got 400k I mean uh, uh, yeah um, maybe let's wrap this up with a little good news um, with a shout-out to all the hard-ass comrades who went out and blocked that fucking boat. Let's yeah. go. Uh, so, God, I don't know. I a rare anti-boat moment for Greg. <laughs> hey, look, oh not God. all boats oh are equal, God. okay? Some boats uh, do commerce in service of brutal apartheid regimes. Is infighting. Not a Wha- <laughs> infighting. <laughs> one such hey look me you know maybe next time i'll get my boat involved um Ooh. uh the so maybe you saw this maybe you were out there down at the port on the picket line uh if so uh you're a fucking hero um just like happened in Oakland uh, about a week ago large container ship f- or from uh, Israeli shipping company Zim was actually hovering around in uh, Elliott Bay for the last week. Uh, seemingly, people speculate waiting for the heat to blow off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of what had had just been denied successfully, the Port of Oakland um, activists went out, stood on picket line with the unions. Mm-hmm. Really, this is—it's a With the, long um, yeah. the longshoremen down there. Really, uh, I think you know led this effort and uh, forced a Zim ship to fuck off. Uh, and so this one was hanging out in Elliot Bay for like a week, seemingly hoping for the heat to blow over and like for when knowing that they were going to get a picket line of some kind when they docked. Um, Ultimately, they docked. Maybe it was like Friday or something, and then were there for a couple of days and were unable to be unloaded. And eventually, um, eventually, they were uh, told to leave. So that was a successful Mm -hmm. um, BDS effort. Like this is, I mean, this. You know, there was a lot of. There's been a lot of talk about how this sort of round of Violence by the Israeli state against Palestine has created sort of a new atmosphere uh, in the U.S. Uh, for denouncing Israel, for taking stands of solidarity with Palestine, maybe a new sort of breath of fresh air for an anti-apartheid uh, divestment movement. Well, this... I think this is, this feels like the first real, like, concrete uh, evidence. Like, that's real. That's real. Yeah. Getting these big container ships uh, to have to, you know, telling them to go fuck themselves, That that that's a real thing.
0: Yeah. Well, the, those areas like ports, airports, stuff like that, these are places you can actually shut down. Yeah. Like they they cannot be moved online. They cannot be moved to other countries, right? And so you have access to them and you can shut them down. And and honestly, seeing people in the U.S., the shift on Israel, which seems to, you know, a real quantity quality situation, like seems to be overnight almost, mm-hmm. um, does give me hope that maybe, you know, we could— Shift on things like immigration and stuff, and pol- I mean the shift on policing too. I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime, and I certainly I thought that, you know like our ruling class would go down supporting Israeli apartheid to the end, but I certainly didn't think the I thought the public would too. But it's it's to be that's something to be. There's at least reason to hope. I mean, yeah. look what the
2: future brings on even these this issue of like stopping these container ships from coming to even just you know West Coast ports. Who knows? I mean, at some stage, you know, like, uh, don't be surprised if, you know, there's massive police cordons next time, you know, for a mile out the next time one of these wants to come and unload or some shit. But, you know, if the unions are, uh, are in on it, I mean, they're the ones who unload the fucking ships. So, yep, you know, they're if they're going to hold the picket line, then there's really nothing, um these fucking people can do so yeah uh, that's why i mean at the end of the day like this is exactly why you know yes this is a cool victory for uh, a an anti-apartheid bds movement against uh the israeli state but it's more than anything i think an illustration of why why it's about labor organizing why that's how you change because it's it's not anything other than that is literally where power is accessible if you organize the labor that makes commerce move under capitalism then that organized labor is adjacent to the sources of capitalist power and can affect it i mean it's that it's that simple so and look this they were able to tell these ships to go fuck off now i mean what effect is this going to have on israel i mean it's a question of whether this movement builds and but you know America's a big trading partner for them so
0: yeah but room for hope yeah for sure
4: all right well that's all we had for today but we did want to thank some new patrons Cole Williams Cigarette Louis Andy Vanderbilt thank you for joining thanks gang the freak squad yeah
2: (laughs) <laughs> go say hi to the Discord. Yeah, the uh, Discord's been uh, healthy lately. A lot of chat going on. Start so. listening to every back episode
0: of <laughs> yep. on the Patreon yeah, and give your line. reviews. Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, start from the from the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't just start in the middle of Riverdale. You gotta go back to episode <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs>
4: That's right. Um, yeah, if you want to be cool like them and you haven't signed up yet, go sign up because there's tons of s- sweet stuff on there. Um, Lots of episodes, lots of private stuff. And like we just mentioned, access to us through Discord. <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky, we'll witness <laughs> you. Um,
0: <laughs> if, if any of us can figure out how to operate Discord. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly.
4: <laughs> um, and then I guess I would just remind you all, if you haven't listened already, to last week's a song of philanthropy and pedophilia, you
2: should go check that out on... Volume 4. Volume 4. I still haven't checked out Volume 4 yet, actually.
0: Yep, we're at a Feast for Crows right here, right? (laughs) So we've made it to Volume 4. Three more left. and uh, When's the Red Wedding? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, the the Gates uh, drama continues, so...
4: It does. The next one's going to be pretty juicy, too, so... Expect that over the weekend. Um, was there anything else anybody wanted to add? Good night, everybody. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.